When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the latest edition of Hear That Podcast, Growling, presented by Visa Network, working for everyone. Paul Daner Jr., Jay Morrison, working for you on this edition of The Walkout, on a day where the Cincinnati Bengals beat the Las Vegas Raiders 26-19 to and end a 31-year playoff victory drought. At the last possible second at the goal line with a Jermaine Pratt interception of Derek Carr to end it and send this stadium and this city and every one of you that have sent videos to us (laughs) from your homes into pure, unadulterated pandemonium. It happened. It's over. That's the way it had to happen. I mean, yes, I think a lot of fans would have been happy with them jumping out to a big lead and kind of coasting. But if you're going to snap a streak, a drought like that, you had to have angst at the end. It it had to be properly ended with, I mean, right at the goal line, an interception. It just... It, it felt maybe a, a Joe Burrow touchdown pass to win the game. It, it come from behind. Might have been more meaningful, but the, just the way they did that, where it was everybody was on edge, and in one moment, it just the damn breaks and everybody goes crazy. The moment of uh, the moment of release. That was the moment of thirty one years in the making. Of yeah. you know, because you can't tell me that people in the stands, people watching at home, as Derek Carr is driving the field, are not thinking, not again, not again. When they have to punt and they can't get the first down to help run out the clock at the end, thinking, not again. When they get the personal foul for roughing the passer to make it even easier, you're thinking, not again, not again. When they get all the way down inside the 10 and it's fourth down, you're thinking there's no way it's going to be heartbreaking like this. But in the back of your mind, we said we said this. It was in the back of your mind. You this the fabric of the Bengals and the fabric of being a Bengals fan is always waiting for the other shoe to drop. And that felt like the heartbreaking other shoe moment could happen. And it didn't. And it didn't. And it's different. The last box is now checked to officially move on from three decades and the old Bengals as they are known. And understand this is the new Joe Burrow Bengals. 
who rolls into the press conference in some slick purpley shades talking about how, yeah, it's, it's exciting, but I'm already on the next week, whatever. Like, we expected to do this. There is a nonchalantness to him in the moment of bigger things. He said, this isn't icing on the cake. This is just a cake. And that is the difference between these Bengals and the old Bengals when you have that guy leading you because he looks at this and says, I expected to do this, even though it is a massive deal for everyone else. And particularly, like we said all week, this is one for the city. This is one for the city. This is the one for ownership. Yeah, kind of a cool moment in the postgame where Zach Taylor said, one game ball to Mike Brown, one game to the, one game ball to the city. And they are going to actually put it out somewhere, and fans are going to be able to pose and take pictures with it. And I thought that was kind of a cool idea and a, a, a cool nod to the people that have, that have lived these 31 years that were so tortured. And, you know, I asked you, during pregame introductions, the guys are running out and they're pumped up. And it's like, well, how do you think Burrow's going to come out? And you're, he's going to do a slow jog and not much emotion. And that's exactly what he did. That's that's just who he is. And he came into the press conference that way. And I, I think there 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 is emotion that comes out of him at times. But he, he wasn't going to come in and gloat. He was just matter of fact, uh, like Paul said. Happy to get the win. It was exciting. On to the next one. Everybody else, though, I mean, I, I, you know, you talked to a couple of cool scenes. One, CJ Uzama admitting, you know, afterwards just kind of had a moment where he went to a knee on the sideline after the interception and and got emotional there. He said he was mic'd up, so you probably will be seeing some of that going forward this week. Um Sam Hubbard talking about looking up in the stands and seeing everybody going nuts as a Cincinnati guy. And, and, and I mean, we'll talk in a second about what this defensive line had to go through to do this. The whole defense, really, but particularly a defensive line that got absolutely just wasted with injuries. And for them to be able to see that, you know, he talked about the emotions there. But there's a fun scene that I just have to share. We were finishing with our press conference stuff we're going to go upstairs we're in the waiting area for the elevators on the bottom level of paul brown stadium waiting on an elevator waiting on an elevator it opens up and it is a party there are it is shoved with people i mean it is just packed with people in there and they all come running out and one person is in the middle of them holding a Bluetooth speaker and with a big smile and everybody's in 83 jerseys because guess what? It's Tyler Boyd and I think everybody that's ever known him from Pittsburgh coming out of the elevator for a big party and was enjoying every second of it. And guys like that, guys like Sam Hubbard who's been around Cincinnati, guys like CJ Uzama who has obviously been around here for the bad times, guys like Tyler Boyd who's been here for the transition and seen so much of that to enjoy these moments was really kind of I think the special part of it where you talk about okay this was really where it was special for some people maybe the new people maybe the Joe Burrows of the world are kind of like yeah move on to the next but I think there's an understanding from those that have been more around it what this was yeah because they they not just those guys haven't lived the playoff losses before but they've lived the two and 14 the what got them the joe burrow that year there there have been so many downtimes and it was it was funny tyler just comes running rolling out of that elevator doing his levels motion and it was just (laughs) 
they it definitely exceeded the weight capacity. I don't know what the weight capacity is in that elevator, but they were way over. And it was and it was a fun scene for that. And, and so they win. But there was kind of an interesting thing that CJ mentioned that um, you know Jamar Chase kind of touched on. He thought they played tense in the second half as an offense, and they, they did. I mean, they didn't. This this was not a Bengals team that played great. No, they didn't play a very. I mean, you know, considering the last time we saw them at full strength against Kansas City and the level they were playing at that day, this was not that. They played sloppy. Uh, they were tense at times, uh, and they, you know they weren't. They certainly weren't the same explosive team they had been offensively. Their defense. Um, did get get you know drives on them over and over again five red zone drives by the Raiders but they stand up and only allow one touchdown on those which was really the difference in the game but you know the fact that you came here in the playoffs and all this attention and trying to break the drought and this and that and you don't even play super and you still win I, I think does speak to you know how good this team is. They didn't need to play their best game to win today. The Raiders helped them a lot. The Raiders played poorly too. Um, I wouldn't say the Bengals played poor, but the Raiders, you know, made a ton of huge mistakes. And you know the fact that you can do that, I think, speaks to you know how good they really are and how high the talent level is on the team. Yeah, I mean, you—it's almost kind of that shaking off the rust. They they rested so many guys last week and. Uh, I think that played a big role in in the defense being able to hold on at the end. That they were they were still they were gassed, but who knows what they would have looked like if they had gone seventy snaps last week against Cleveland. Um, and, and it it has to give you confidence. You you, you say you, like a game with the Chiefs, you you have to play at your best to beat them. And you would think the same would be the case in the playoffs. And, and to know that you didn't play your best and you were still able to have some big moments, have some special plays, and pull it out and, and snap this this drought that all that's all anybody's been talking about for a week. Um, it, sometimes you get more confident from winning a game like this than they would have had they come out and just rolled over the Raiders and had an, had an easy afternoon. You know, there was a couple of big. I mean, Jamar Chase is so good. He's so good. And his connection with Burrow is – this is not breaking. This is not a secret. He's going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. But, man, whenever they needed a big play, it was just Burrow finding Chase one-on-one and Chase killing it. And, you know, whether it was, you know, uh, a back shoulder that's just that they've done thousands of times or, you know, catching him over the middle, uh, deep balls on the side, you name it, uh, it's just – Chase just makes so many plays for you. He ends up with nine for 116 in his postseason debut. Burrow ends up 24 or 34 for 244, two touchdowns. Again, no interceptions. Yeah. Again, no turnovers by the Bengals. They win the turnover battle two to nothing. What did we talk about this team? Their toxic trait was what? They turned the ball over, they lose. They turned the ball over, they won. The turnover got them three points early in the game with the Trey Hendrickson strip sack. Uh, and then it saved them six points at the end of the game uh, with the interception by Pratt. There's a difference in your game. Again, they continue to play clean football. They're so talented when they play clean football. And they're, they're guy, they got enough people that are going to make plays for them. That's going to be it. All right, let's take a second and switch gears here and hear from a sponsor. 
Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Let's talk now about the play of the game that's going to be talked about a lot, particularly from the Vegas side of things. But I do think, you know, you end up... an incredible play by Joe Burrow, who essentially was floating above the out-of-bounds line while throwing back across his body on a third down to find Tyler Boyd going back across the end line for a touchdown. But there was an inadvertent whistle before that ball reaches Tyler Boyd, which is obvious and evident when you listen and watch the replays. Now, the, that should be – it should kill the play. The play should be done at that point if they ruled it correctly. On the field, they determined that the inadvertent whistle happened after Tyler Boyd had already caught the ball. So it was a touchdown. Now, if you watch it uh, watch it, you know, and listen, it, that's false. That's not correct. That's not what happened. But that's what they determined. It was not a reviewable play. You cannot review when the inadvertent whistle was determined to be. They don't allow that. So they couldn't go to look at it, in, you know, in New York or anything like that. New York essentially knew this is screwed up, yeah. but we can't fix it. That's the play. And so should, it should have been a do-over essentially. Um, but that's what happened. And they screwed up the call. This, I mean, this game was littered with bad calls. Yes. Flags, bad calls, really going both directions. That one was the most prominent. That's going to be the most discussed. But, you know, there were a ton of terrible calls. But that's a critical one. And what a, what a play by Burrow. Unreal. I, I I wish we would have more time to ask him more about it because it was – did he know that he was going to do that as he was going to the sideline? Or at the very last second, did he see Boyd cut back the other way and, and just figure he would flip it out there across his body, which is a, a dangerous – throwing late – it wasn't over the middle, but throwing late across your body can be a dangerous play. And they were in a position where they were going to get – it was – it was third and five at the eleven, so they're going to get they're going to get points on a field goal no matter what, and that's the other thing where I, I don't know how big. Number one, the whistle, yes, it should have killed the play, but it didn't affect the play. Nobody stopped. It, it came right before Boyd caught the ball, so nobody. It wasn't like anybody heard a whistle and stopped. And, and the other thing is, even if they do have to redo the play, it's still third and five at the eleven. I mean. Does anybody? There's no guarantee that Joe Burrow makes a play, but maybe they get a first down instead of a touchdown, and then what, run the clock out before they score, and, and the Raiders don't get that drive right before halftime and, and build a little momentum with the touchdown. It's just it's a, it's a bunch of what ifs, and it was it was a bad look. I don't know I don't know why someone would have blown, one of the refs would have blown the whistle. There was nothing there that indicated that play was dead unless they, they thought, thought Burrow, Burrow was out of bounds. Out. Yes. But, you know, the play by Burrow, reminiscent in some ways, not as 
high of a degree of difficulty, but of the play against San Francisco where he threw behind Chase Mm -hmm. on the fourth and five, it's Burrow throwing to a space he thinks the receiver might be able to get to that was open, where you're not throwing to somewhere where it's going to get picked necessarily. Um, You're throwing to a space you think your receiver can make a play to, and he he did perfectly, and it was – a, a special play and the difference in the game. Yeah. You win by you win by a touchdown. Not that it needs to be said again that Joe Burrow is the difference in the game for this team. He was that and continued to be that today. Defensively, this defensive line gets killed by injury. I mean, just decimated by injury. You end up with Trey Hendrickson gets a concussion. Larry Ogunjobi with an ankle injury um, that looked serious. Um, Mike Daniels goes out on the first series of the game, and he was up for Josh Tupo, who got hurt last week. So you essentially have five guys that are left on your defensive line room with Cam Sample, B.J. Hill, D.J. Reader, and then you still had Sam Hubbard, uh, Khalid Kareem, trying to take taking every snap. And Hubbard was totally gassed. I yeah. mean, he had no, he's the, try, nothing left because two straight long drives too. There's nothing but pass rushes and, and coverage and those, I mean, those guys were put absolutely as far as they could go and it took to the very last play to finish it off. But I mean, you know, we'll see what that means for them going forward. We don't know how many of those guys are going to be able to be back. Maybe none of them. Maybe they're signing a defensive tackle off the street this week because Rennell Wren was on their practice squad and he got hurt on the practice squad. I mean, they're going to be really back into it. We're going to be in the, like, bring Xavier Williams back, right? Like back in the (laughs) last year's midseason mode. But, you know, you're you're talking about a a position that was forced all the way to the limits and they made just enough of a difference. Yeah, they could put Cam Sample in there, um, but they're, they're. I mean, you don't know. They could be. They could be slim it in too. You Trey Hendrickson gets the concussion. You you think there's a good chance he could be back, but but you never know what's going to happen with concussions. So it is. It's it, that was probably it, it, outside. You take Burrow out of the equation. He's obviously the the number one, the best thing going for this team. But beyond the wide receivers, the defensive line is probably the best position group on this team, and to see it decimated like that and and for them to still have it be the defense that eventually won the game um very very encouraging but it's also very concerning moving forward to whoever they play next week so the party rages on and uh you know cincinnati celebrates uh, we were hoping that you would actually just hear the sounds of the police sirens playing behind us as we're recording this inside of PBS right now with uh, the party raging on behind us. But, uh, you know, one for the city, really. I, you know, you mentioned the Mike Brown game ball uh, that I thought was very cool. And Zach Taylor said something that I thought was quite open. Um, and it was, look, I, if I – am on any other team if i'm a coach for any other franchise i'm not here right now i'm not here in year three and talked about mike being somebody who's at every practice at every walkthrough so involved so engaged so understanding of the ins and outs of what's really going on every day and that being such a big part of the belief in the direction that they felt like this thing was headed and that it has been 31 let's not forget mike brown has never won a playoff game before yeah and this was the first one. 
and I thought that was a, a pretty telling moment for, uh, for Zach Taylor doing that for Mike Brown. What's next? As we move forward, we're recording this under the assumption that the Bills will hang on to the blowout that they have started. We're recording this right now. Um, they're in the second half of a Bills blowout of the Patriots. Uh, it wasn't 28-3 to at halftime, So, and Tom Brady's not walking through that door. But essentially where we're at, under the we're going to play this out under the assumption that the Bills win and that the Steelers don't beat Kansas City tomorrow. So you end up with the Bengals going to Tennessee next week. Um, if the Steelers were to pull the, up, pull the upset, then you would see – the Bengals go to Buffalo next week. That's unlikely. The Steelers are a 12 and a half point favorite. We've watched the Steelers a bunch this year. We know they're not good. So it looks like Tennessee is going to be the team next year. And I think you're okay with that. Now you don't want to do it on a week where your defensive line just got decimated. Uh, but you do still have DJ reader. You do still have BJ Hill. You can figure those things out, but you know, you're going to have a, a, a tough Tennessee team, but are they the scariest team? No, I mean, Ryan Tannehill is not one of the best. You, you, you are going to play a playoff game on the road against the number one seed and feel like you have the better quarterback. I mean, that goes a long way. Yeah, that, I mean, that is the biggest thing. You, they, they are probably going to get Derrick Henry back, but this is. This is the number five rush defense. You don't know how he'll be rested, but how, how well he's going to be playing when he gets back and with the way Pratt and Wilson are playing right now, even that decimated D-line, you, you, you have to feel pretty good about your chances, even if they are playing from behind. It, as long as that ball's in Joe Burrow's hands, I, I think any Bengal says, sign me up for that. End of the game, down, as long as Burrow gets the ball with a couple minutes to go, I think anybody would take their chances. You, you love their chances, and, uh, you know, I think this has turned into the best possible scenario when you were were weighing whether to play your starters or not against Cleveland one. They were probably enjoying having everybody rested considering what they had to go through, particularly on the defensive side of the ball tonight. And two, you get the Raiders, which was arguably the easiest matchup on the slate, uh, although New England didn't exactly uh, give out confidence tonight in the way they played. But – and then you go to Tennessee, who's far less scary than having to go into Arrowhead and play. You avoid going into Arrowhead, which is really the only venue that feels truly intimidating between team and where you're going and, and, and how tough that is to win there. You avoid that. I, it's really <laughs> – you know, you got some bounces. You got a call in this game on a season where you were as healthy as you ever could imagine, and you had plenty of good luck go their way this year. 31 years of bad luck, 31 years of Carson's knee and Andy's thumb and the call here and, and this there and everything that's ever happened, and, and you felt like the luck never went your way, and every first-round pick getting hurt every single year and through from 2015, 16 on, all of that stuff, all that bad luck did appear this season and then again tonight uh, in some ways to flip and finally things start to go the Bengals way and now you guys can enjoy that and that's very cool I people ask me in people that have read and listened to this podcast know how I feel about this city but people ask me all the time who 
who do you root for? Do you root for me? We, we don't root for anybody. Um, you know, we're, we're here to tell it like it is and tell it down the middle. And if you listen to this, you know we do. I root for the city. I root for the city to feel that we're asking the right questions to keep this team accountable. I root for the city to feel joy sometimes with their team. And uh, I'm happy for the city tonight that you guys uh, that are listening to this got to enjoy this and uh, are experiencing the other side of things. Um, And this stadium was a factor tonight. Big time. I mean, it was was loud. At one point, they had to the, the, the Bengals, I think they were getting ready to go for it on fourth down, and they had several players out there trying to wave their arms and get the crowd to quiet down, and they put it on, put offense at work on the, on the, the big video screen. And there was the, the strangest thing is as loud and as raucous as it was on that final drive. I can't remember. It was a timeout or somewhere on that drive, and it was, it was quiet in here. I think everybody was holding their breath wondering – are the Raiders going to score? Is this going to overtime? How is this going to end? How are our hearts going to be ripped out again? And they, it came down to the fourth down play, and I, I think that's why you saw such a release because it was in doubt until the very end. That Jermaine Pratt interception and final play will be replayed in the lore of Bengals history yeah. over and over and over again. But, you know, it was followed by what? by a very calm, chill Joe Burrow sitting back in his chair saying, yeah, it's exciting, but I'm already on to the next one. We got bigger things. I love it. This isn't the icing on the cake. This is the cake. And so, you know, that's a fun thought to have if you're a Bengals fan is uh, the, the guys inside that locker room led by number nine uh, think this is they, – they believe this can be just the beginning, and they were not afraid to say that after the game. And let's all hope that – hey, check out – Tyler Boyd's Instagram. So no matter because no matter when you're listening to this, that party is probably still <laughs> ongoing with him and everybody that came out of the elevator. Fun night. Uh, I'm sure a fun night for a lot of people in the city. Uh, hope everybody uh, enjoyed it. And we will, of course, be back live room on Monday at noon. We'll be talking about the matchup. We'll be talking about everything going on. Uh, we'll have availability tomorrow. So we'll be talking to Zach Taylor. We'll probably learn more about injuries, all kinds of stuff. Uh, So keep following us on Twitter. Come check us out in the live room. We'll have the regular podcast on Tuesday. The fun rolls on. We keep it going. So keep it locked here. We will talk to you next time after the Bengals win 26-19 here at Paul Brown Stadium. Have a good one, everybody. Mm -hmm.